All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the house. It's so good to have all of our Faith Church family here in Florence. Thanks so much for being here. Can we welcome everybody at our Lawrenceburg campus, at our Shoals campus? Come on, everybody online. So good to have our Faith Church family with us and all of our guests. Hey, before we jump into the world, we do me a favor. I know you just sat down. I know you just got comfortable. Come on, let's jump up to our feet. Man, it would be my greatest honor, man, just to lead us in prayer for a moment. I know that a lot of us walked into the campus we're at with burdens and struggles and problems. Maybe you have opportunities in front of you and you're just not sure which way to go. Maybe you have something going on with your kids or your marriage and you just need some wisdom. Maybe you walked into this place and you're sick and we just believe that God works miracles. And so whatever you're going through, whatever you carry into this place, come on, can we just ask God together? Lord, will you show up in our lives? Come on, Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, confident that you love us, confident we're your children. And God, the word says that because of Jesus, we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace. God, we can come and we can carry our concerns to you. In fact, God, your word says, and I pray, Lord, every person would hear this and God be moved by it. Lord, we're to cast all of our cares on you because you care for us, which means, God, there's things we're carrying that we don't need to carry because, God, in your grace, Father, there's wisdom, there's answers, there's healing, there's hope, there's joy. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, will you work miracles in this room, Lord? God, will you work miracles in Lawrenceburg and Shoals? Father, I pray, God, where there is sickness, that, God, you bring healing. I pray, Father, God, where there's confusion. Lord, I pray wisdom. Lord, where there's opportunities, Lord, we're just not sure, should we walk through the door or not? God, will you just guide those? Lord, we want your best in our life. And so, Father, we receive it all. God, touch us, fill us. Lord, and I pray, God, fill us with your power from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody who agrees, shouted amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God our best praise. Come on, Faith Church. God bless you guys. You can have a seat. Hey, listen, I just want to remind you, we said this the last couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to finish the series we're on, Fight Club. Come on, everybody shout Fight Club. And the way we're going to end next week is big. We have a free t-shirt for every single person who shows up at our, either of our campuses. And it's a I Love My Church shirt. It's a good quality shirt. You're going to love it. And it's free. And it's free. Did I mention that it's free? But you have to be here to get it. And so if you don't come, you don't get it. And, uh, you know, you can send your wife and she'll stand in line and she'll come up and she'll say, hey, my husband couldn't make it. Can he have one? And the answer will be no. no. So every person here gets a shirt, but you have to be here to get a shirt and you have to wait in line, unfortunately, to get one. But I promise it's going to be worth it. So bring some people with you next week. It's going to be an amazing way to end this series. But today I want to continue in week number five of the series we started several weeks ago. And if you do just a little bit of research, you will find that there's a long list of philosophical questions that people have asked for millennia, questions that people are still asking today, questions that are wrestled with in philosophy classes at university, philosophical questions that people just mumble to themselves, questions that people are debating, asking, and wrestling through. Questions like this, maybe you've thought of some of these. If you do a Google search, you'll find that some of the more common ones, like the ones I'm about to read, you'll see pop up over and over again. Why is there something rather than nothing? Is our universe real? Is morality objective? Does God exist? Is there free will? What happens after death? Like these are all big questions. But what you will find is there's one question that continually rises to the top and it appears to be probably the most enduring and the most often asked question, and it's this. What is the meaning of life. 
Like, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? What's, what is the purpose? What does it all mean? Why was I born? And what I want to do today is I want to take this question, but I don't want to take it as I've presented it or the way people typically wrestle with it. What I want to do is I want to make it just a little more personal. So instead of answering the question, what is the meaning of life? I want us to ask this question together. What is the meaning of my life? What is the meaning of my life? Everybody take your right hand. Come on, everybody you got this participate. Put it up underneath your chin. Put your left arm underneath your hand and do this. What is the meaning of my life? I mean, it just feels, it feels more, doesn't it, when you do that? What, come on, everybody out loud, every campus. What is the meaning of my life? Why are you here? Why were you born? What is your purpose? That's the question that lots of people have wrestled with and asked and debated. What I want you to do is to go one step further and find an answer. You owe it to yourself to answer that. It's not enough for us to show up on a Sunday morning and for 35 minutes, I just kind of wrestle with the question and you go home and you forget about it. This question, lots of people have asked, you owe it to yourself to wrestle this question to the ground and have some kind of answer. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of my life? And so what we find is this is such an important question. It's something that, that God answers. This is why we're going to tackle it. We're in this conversation fight club. Come on, one more time. Where are we at? Fight club. We're talking about the things that God created originally for humanity. Five things we've been talking about that if you'll find these five, you'll fight for these five in your life. I believe it's where we find the greatest fulfillment. I believe it's where we find our purpose. I believe it's where we find uh, the life that Jesus came to bring us. And what we have found through this series, the five things that God originally created in the Garden of Eden, paradise, looked like this. God gave us principles. God gave us provision. God gave us people. God gave us purpose. And God gave us a place. And I think if you'll find out what those five are in your life and fight for those five, that's again where you're going to find the life that Jesus created you for. And so today we want to lean into this conversation on purpose. It's one of the things that God gave. But what we find is, is oftentimes it's the most easily overlooked of the five. So you should fight for your faith. You should fight for your finances. You should fight for your family. But in the fight, you need to fight for your purpose. All the way in the beginning, we find in Genesis 128, again, in the garden, in paradise, God gave Adam and Eve a purpose. Check this out. Genesis chapter one, verse 28 my favorite part of the purpose. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply. Modern translation, have sex and have kids. Woo! Some of you are not as excited as you should be for that. Woo! Everybody read this. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. What you find is once God created Adam and Eve, he immediately gave them purpose. This is the meaning of your life. It's more than this. But immediately God said, hey, this earth is empty. Fill this earth. This earth, he said, you're the apex predator. You're the king of this planet. It's your job to manage this planet, to take care of the animals, to take care of this incredible resource I've given you. That's your job. That's the reason I put you on this planet. So Adam and Eve knew theirs. Do you know yours? Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know why you're here? What is the meaning of my life? Now, here's what I find interesting is because that question, what is the meaning of life, is the most prolific question that you find searched on Google. 
That tells me that people at least hope there's purpose. And some people believe there's purpose. What I want you to know today at all of our campuses to leave without a shadow of a doubt is you need to know the Bible clearly teaches that every single one of us, every single one of you, God created you with a purpose. Everybody say, I have a purpose. You have a purpose. You may not know what it is yet, but you have a purpose. I want you to notice a couple places where you see God having these conversations about the purpose on certain people's lives. For example, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. Here's a conversation that God had with Jeremiah. He's a young man at this point. And notice very clearly what God says to this young man. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Isn't that cool? He says, before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Not just Jeremiah, but some of you are familiar with a guy in the Old Testament. His name is King David. King David has a very similar conversation, very similar wording that Jeremiah experienced when God says this, David says this in conversation with God in Psalm 139. Here's what David says. He says, you've made all my delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Everybody at every campus, let's read verse 16 together. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Watch this. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. So notice this conversation that keeps happening. People keep bumping into their creator and God says, hey, I picked you, I chose you, I made you and I gave you a purpose. Two things I want you to see that pop out in both of these conversations with Jeremiah and with David and it's this. Number one, our calling comes from our creator. Your calling, your purpose, the answer to the question, what is the meaning of my life? It's found in your creator, which means it's not something you decide, it's something you discover. It's not something just one day you say, hey, I'm gonna be this or I'm gonna do this. It's something before you took your first breath, before you was a glean in your daddy's eye. (laughs) God marked you, God called you, God chose you, God ordained you with a very specific purpose. When you ask the question, what is the meaning of my life? That answer is to be found in your creator before you're born. Not just that, but our calling comes before conception. Did you notice both times? Before I I lived the day, all the days were written in your book. They were all ordained before I even showed up. Before I was in my mother's womb, God said, before you were in the womb, I already appointed you a prophet, which means before again, you took your first breath, you already had a purpose. While you may not discover it until your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, you have it from the moment you take your very, first breath. You have a purpose. Again, the challenge is we just need to find out what it is. And I think what we can find is in both these conversations, if you're taking notes, this is important, is purpose is tied to a point of origin. That's for anything. Take any object. If you wander and do we got any junk store people? I know you don't want to claim it, but the junk, like you walk, it's not a store. It's just like bric-a-brac and you wander around and there's no two things alike. Have you ever wandered to one of these stores and you've picked something up? You have no idea what it is, what it does, what it's for. If you want the answer, this object, what is this? What does it do? You know what you have to do? You have to go back to the point of origin. 
If you'll find the person who created it, you'll find the purpose for which it was created. Let me say that again. If you'll go back to the person who created it, you'll find the purpose for which it was created. If you ask somebody this object, the person, hey, what is this for? If you go back to the point of origin, a person will be able to tell you, this is what that object is, this is why I created it, and this is what it is intended to accomplish. And the same is true for you and I. I have a couple objects up here. Some of you may not recognize this. This is a... This is an eye test, first of all. Can you see that? (laughs) I had a larger screwdriver, but I thought it might feel weird to like have one this large. So this is a screwdriver. Now, screwdrivers, just by their very name, tell you what their purpose is. The, The intention of a screwdriver is to drive screws. Now, you can use this for lots of stuff. You can use this as a pry bar. You can use this, if you get a hammer, you can use it as a chisel. You can use it as a back scratcher. You can use it as a prison shank. I mean, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. I'm not washing your underwear. So this thing has lots of purpose, but it is only created to do one thing. I grew up in a home, my dad has lots of tools. I have tools now. My dad, always very generous, taught, taught me and my brothers lots of things, but he always had like a couple rules, two rules specifically with his tools. And two rules were this. You can use whatever I have, just use it for what it was intended for and put it back when you're done. You know what my rules are now in my tools? Use it for what it was created for and put it back when it's done. And if you didn't put it back when it's done, you will get beat. (laughs) But I can remember lots of times as a kid, I would need to work on the brakes on my car and I would get one of my dad's screwdrivers out and I'd be grinding and cranking and bending and prying. And my dad would inevitably catch me every single time. Stephen, that is not a pry bar. That is a, so you can use it as a pry bar. You can use it as a back scratcher. You can use it as a chisel, but it's intended for one purpose. This is a screwdriver. And this here is a butter knife. Isn't it crazy? Screwdrivers are intended to drive screws and butter knives are intended to not knife butter, spread butter. But here's the funny thing. You can do lots of things with a butter knife as well. Prison shank number two, for example. I don't know where that came from. That wasn't in my notes. (laughs) Just to be clear, I don't advocate shanking in prison. (laughs) Prisoners need Jesus too. Anyways, you can do lots of things with a butter knife, but do you know that this was created for one purpose? But here's the funny thing. Is the same way that the both of them, you can do lots of things. They were created for one thing. The same thing that this was intended for, a lot of you use this in its place. In fact, if I was to come into your home, I would likely find in your silverware drawer, in the drawer you keep all of your utensils, you probably have at least one butter knife that the end of it is twisted a little bit. Oh, I caught you, didn't I? And it's because y'all either don't have a screwdriver or you're too lazy to go get it and you use this in place of this. Now, here's what you need to know is while this will accomplish the purpose, it wasn't intended for the purpose, which it means it can't handle the stress, which is why the end is bent. And the more you use these items outside of their purpose, the more it compromises their original purpose. You owe it to your, you can do lots of things in this world. You can sleep with who you want, work with who you want, work where you want, when you want, how you want. You can live your life with the free will God gave you any way you want, but you were created for one purpose. You have one mission. What is the meaning? of my life. If you will find the meaning and the purpose of your life, I want you to hear this. It is finding your purpose where you will bring God the greatest glory. 
It is in your purpose where you will find in life the greatest fulfillment, and it is in your purpose that you will find the greatest impact on planet Earth. I'm just telling you, your purpose is where it's at. Everybody shout fight club. You got to fight for your purpose. And so here's the question I'm going to tackle for a little bit is, how do you find your purpose? How do you know what your purpose is? Now, before I get into these questions, I just, I want to lean in here. I really wrestled with this message because... I recognize that some of us are pretty far along in our journey, our 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And as I go through this, you might feel like, and this is what I wrestle with. I thought I'm having this conversation with God. I'm like, God, do we really expect we, I mean, it's him. God, I'm gonna preach this message tomorrow. And I believe every person has a purpose. God, that's what you said. Lord, are we really expecting people to hear a 30 minute message and go quit their job to go find their purpose? take a big right turn in the middle of life. You know, I don't know what it looks like, but I want you to know that you have a purpose. Somehow, my hope is that there'll be a splinter in your soul walking out of this room, walking out of one of our campuses. And you're gonna stop just asking the question, what is my purpose? And you're gonna start to pursue it. And it may take you some time to get there. And you're not gonna go from one career to the next or one thing to the next, but you're gonna find why you're on planet earth. And you're going to begin to do it. And it's in your purpose, you'll bring God the greatest glory. It's in your purpose that you'll find the greatest fulfillment. It's in your purpose that you will make the greatest impact with your life. So here's three questions you need to ask to help you navigate and find out what is, what is the meaning of my life? Let's ask that question again. What is the meaning of my life? And you got to ask it right. What is the meaning of my life? You're just going to do that. Just driving down the road, which means you have no hands on the wheel. You should immediately put the hands back on the wheel. We learned last week at nine and three. (laughs) See how it all fits together? Here's three questions. Number one, if you want to find out what your purpose is, what is the meaning of my life? Question number one, what are my concerns? When I ask that question, immediately there's something in your life. What is your burden? What What are your passions? What is it that keeps you up at night? What do you dream about? What do you hope happens? What is it that you have a a tendency to think about? If you had free time, you're not worried about the job or worried about your kids, where does your mind go? And I think most of us, what we find is we have very unique passions. What I'm passionate about, you may not be passionate about, but what you're passionate about, I'm not passionate about. And it's your unique passions, it's your unique desires and burdens that help us to understand the direction that God wants us to go to find and fulfill the purpose that he's given us. Your passions are a window to your purpose. Some of you, you're, pa- you're passionate about animals or you're passionate about the planet and the environment. Some of you are passionate about kids and their education. Some of you are just passionate about other people finding fulfillment in their self-image and their struggle. Whatever it is, you just owe it to yourself to find it. And part of the way you find it is just asking the question, what's in my head? Again, what is it that preoccupies me? What are my passions? Second question you need to ask to find the mission, the purpose for which you're on this people planet Number two is, what are my competencies? What are you good at? Now, in order to answer what you're good at, first you've got to answer maybe what you're not good at. And you just need to be honest, and our pride sometimes will convince us, I'm just good at everything. Newsflash, you're not. I'm just, I mean, I can do anything. I'm good at anything. No, you can't. Here's how I know it is because God created you with a specific purpose. I hate to admit this. It's taken me 51 years to get here, but I suck at sports. There, I said it publicly. (laughs) 
never really been good. I'm not athletic by really any stretch. I enjoy to play. Played basketball growing up, wasn't really good. Played baseball five years. The last year I played baseball, I was 12 or 13 years old. The team I played on won a city championship in the city of Akron, and it had very little to do with me on the team. I just happened to get a championship too because I was with them. Come on. <laughs> Probably me being on the bench helped our effort to win. I mean, you just have to admit, I'm, I'm just no good. I got asked one time, I was a youth pastor, to be the golf coach at a local Christian school. Christian schools, if you don't know, typically they have low budgets. They don't have a lot of money, so they always need volunteers. They, not, they knew I was a youth pastor. Like, hey, Steve, will you, will you do us a favor? Like, we just have a group of boys that just want to go out and hit the ball. Will you, will you just come be their coach? And I told them, I'm not really good. And they didn't believe me. <laughs> I golfed one practice with these boys and I got a phone call the next day. said, hey, you know what? We're just going to go another direction. <laughs> How bad do you have to be to get fired from a volunteer position? But you just have to know, like, that's not what I'm good at. That's not my competency. But every one of you in this room, you have strengths and talents and giftings. And if you will find those out, they are a clue to the direction that you are supposed to go. They are, a, they are an inkling to the reason God created you. And this is so important. Why you need to discover your purpose is because here's one thing I can say about every one of us at every single one of our campuses. We all want to experience success. We all want to experience success. And the problem is we will read scriptures like Joshua 1.8 that tells us to meditate on the law day and night. And it ends by saying this, and if we'll do it, God will give us, God will prosper us and give us good success. And we read things like that. We're like, see, God wants us to be successful. Yes, God wants you to be successful. But what we mean is, God, I'm going to go do what I want. And I want you to come give me success in it. That's not what it means. What God is saying is, if you'll do what I created you to do, you'll be successful in it. Why? God doesn't want you to fail because his his, his plan is tied to your purpose. When you're successful doing what, you, what God created and called you to do, when I'm successful in my purpose, God gets glory and his kingdom gets advanced. It's a win-win. Come on, somebody. Let's go. So God wants us to discover this incredible purpose. In fact, if you're taking notes, God puts his grace on his calling and his power on his purpose. That's why when you find somebody who's doing what they're gifted and called, they just make it look easy. You can take a guy on the back of a, on the back of a track hoe and man, they're moving dirt like, I mean, precision work. You can take somebody that can cut hair and I don't mean just because they just went to, went to barber school or what do you, what do you call it? Beauty school or Homer's Barber College. I don't know where you go, but <laughs> and it's not just cutting hair. It's a gift. They bring out the beauty in somebody's face. Take somebody playing an instrument. I'm always wowed by musicianship. Somebody who can sit behind a keyboard. Here's what a keyboard looks like. This is how you play a keyboard right here. This is all you do. I know that's what it looks like. But you take somebody who knows how to do it well and they are gifted and anointed and talented. Why? It's because God puts his grace upon the call. So if you'll find, what is the meaning of my life? You will find a certain level of success that you can't find in any other area because it's what God gifted you to do. And he wants you to succeed for your fulfillment, his glory, and our impact on this planet. So you need to find what is the meaning of my life. So what are my concerns? What are my competencies? And number three, what is my calling? Now, I know you're saying, Pastor Steve, wait a minute. You're telling me in order to find out my purpose, I got to answer the question, what is my calling? That sounds the same. And it is. But the reason I listed it as a question is, again, you need to keep asking that question until you have an answer.
In the same conversation God had with Jeremiah, the same conversation God had with David, he says it to us. Ephesians 2.10, every voice, I want you to say this with some confidence and some conviction. Let's read this together. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you see that same, before you created, you had a calling. Before you became a person, you had a purpose. And God has good works that he wants all of us to do. The problem is we're busy doing our works instead of his works. We're challenged with really navigating this big question and we oftentimes don't find the answer. And so again, we just have to get there. And part of the ways when I say, you gotta figure out what your calling is, ask yourself, what is your calling? This will help you. You can't find out the details until you do the really big pieces. God has a general will for all of us, but a specific will for each of us. Let me say that again. God has a general will for all of us. He wants all of us to love our neighbor. He wants all of us to love him. He wants all of us to to engage in his word. He wants all of us to be people of prayer. He wants all of us to be people who are generous. Like he wants that for all of us. And if you're not willing to do the big things, it will be very difficult to find the narrow path of your call. But if you start just doing the big pieces that we're all called to do, what you will find is God will start to guide your path very specifically that you can answer the question, what is the meaning? of my life. And God wants you to find the meaning for your life more than you want to find it. And if you want to find it, he will help lead you there as you navigate these questions. If you're taking notes, our calling is from Christ and it's for Christ. So it's from Christ. Again, it's not something you decide. It's something you discover. But as you begin to discover, it has to be in context of relationship with him. Since it comes from God, you can't find it until you're connected to him which means if you're in this room or you're watching online or you're one of our campuses and you're not a person of faith yet or again, you're just trying to figure this whole thing out, that's okay, you still have a purpose. God loves you, God created you and God's called you. But it's gonna be very difficult for you to discover a call from your creator if you're not connected to your creator. But if you're in this room or you're watching online or one of our campuses, you need to know if I'm connected to my creator, part of that process is him helping you to discover that purpose. So it comes from Christ and it's for Christ, which means you don't have to be in full-time ministry like me. It doesn't mean you're standing on a platform preaching from the Bible. You can fulfill your purpose in your place of employment, but it's how you do it. And you always do it with God in mind. What I wanna do, I wanna do for the glory of God. What I wanna do, I wanna do in honor of Him. And you're doing it for people, but at the end of the day, it's for Him. Come on. And as we walk out these three questions, that's how we start to discover, what is my purpose? What is my call? Why am I here. Again, I recognize Monday morning is almost upon us, less than 24 hours away. And everyone, every one of our campuses, you're probably going to do what you did last Monday. You're going to wake up to an alarm. You're going to get your kids off to school. You're going to run off to university to class. You're going to go to a job and you're going to put in your eight, 10, 12 hours. You're going to come home and eat dinner. You're going to do a couple things around the house and you're going to go to bed. And you'll do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then hit the weekend. And here we are next week again. And some of you, you will not pump the brakes to answer this question. And you will spend your entire life fulfilling someone else's purpose. And you will miss the reason that God put you on this planet. See, the world tells us that you're just a speck on this planet. And this planet is just a speck in this solar system. And this solar system is just a speck in this galaxy. And this galaxy is just a speck in this universe. 
And I want you to know that God said, it might feel that way, but I know exactly who you are, exactly where I placed you, exactly when I wanted you to be born, exactly with the gift set that I called, I ordained, I anointed, and I gave it to you for a purpose. And if you'll find it, that's where you'll find bringing me the greatest glory. If you'll find your purpose, if you'll find the reason of why you're, that's where you'll find the greatest fulfillment. And that's where you'll make the greatest impact. Everybody shall fight. You got to fight. So here's three things we got to fight that'll help us maybe as you're starting to wrestle through some of these questions. Number one, you got to fight culture. You got to fight culture. And here's why. Culture does not have the capacity to help Christ followers find our purpose. Have you ever noticed how narrow culture is? It has really three tracks for all of us. We all grow up, we all start kindergarten, we go through elementary school, we all learn our numbers and our colors and our shapes, and we go you know, through elementary school, into junior high, into high school, and some of us take AP classes, but at the end of the day, we're all taking pretty much the same tests, all taking pretty much the same classes. And then when you graduate high school, the world has three directions you can go. You can go fill a job, you can go fill the military, or you can go fill a university. And those are all great things. And those things might help you discover your purpose. But at the end of the day, it's just pushing you along to the next step. And then you wake up one day, 35 years old. You're 15 years into a career with a little bit of student debt, with two, two rugrats running around, with a wife you're not even really sure you like. And you find yourself on a Sunday morning with a pastor standing on a platform saying, you have a purpose for your life. And you're like, how in the world do I change this? I'm not gonna divorce. I'm, I, I'm not gonna go and quit tomorrow. But at some point you just have to fight culture, which means if you're in this room and you're younger, stop allowing culture to fight you in a certain direction. And if you're here and you're a little bit older and you're in a career, this is really good news because you don't have to quit your job. You do need to understand, I've told you five things that was originally in the garden. There is a difference between your provision and your purpose. See, we think they're one and the same. We think if I go get a job and I go get a career and it's a paycheck, like that's what I am. I just want you to know again, those two things, while they can be the same, they're not the same. Your provision is different than your purpose. The apostle Paul, one of the greatest preachers of the gospel who ever lived, his, per, his provision was making tents. His purpose was preaching the gospel, which meant he was called to preach the gospel, but he needed the money to do it. So he would go make some tents. I don't know if you saw him on Shark Tank. He did this whole tent presentation. It was pretty cool. Kevin gave him a deal. And so he started making tents, selling them around the world. Dick Sporting Goods was his number one distributor, but he sold tents in order for him to have money to go fulfill his purpose, which was to preach the gospel which means you can go do your job, but at some point you have to make room in your life for your purpose. And if you spend your entire life chasing a career that culture gave you, you will miss the reason you were really born. Now, maybe you got money in the bank. Maybe you made your company a little stronger, but at the end of the day, you'll have missed the reason that you're here. So sometimes you just have to fight culture and just decide, maybe slow down. Take a breath. You, you see freshmen in college. How many times did you, when you were in college, your freshman year, sophomore year, junior, how many times did you declare something different to be your focus of study? And I think what you'll find is most of the time when people go to university, if they don't have a clear path, they will go and naturally they find what's easier or, <laughs> or what's most lucrative. Man, that cl those classes are hard. I need something easier. Hey, I found out that if I had to get this degree, there's lots of money there. And you can make lots of money and take the easy path, but miss your purpose. And so at some point, if you're in this room and you're earlier in life, 
God is looking to raise up an incredible generation that knows they're called, knows they're anointed, and knows they have a purpose. And God has something incredible for you to do in this season that will change the world. But it's not just for young people. If you're in this room and you're a little bit older, it's not too late. I want you all to hear me, and this might be offensive. In fact, it, it will be. When I say it might be, it will be. See, culture tells you that after you put in your 30 or 40 years, go take it easy. Store up some money. I know this is a challenge for different, different people in this room or in our campus based on who we are, but try to get a million dollars in your retirement. And you can sit back and take it easy and spend the last 15, 20, 25 years of your life going on some cruises, hanging out on some beaches. Just wake up with nothing really to do. I'm just gonna push the lawnmower, I'm gonna tinker around. I might get a part-time at Walmart as a greeter. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But that job description of retirement comes from culture. It doesn't come from Christ. You just owe it to yourself. If you're further along, what is the meaning of my life? Why am I here? Why did you create me? What is my purpose? And I think you'll find if you start asking that question, God will start answering it. And you'll start, have to start making some decisions and make some changes, but you'll find that it's in your purpose. You'll bring God the greatest glory. It's in your purpose. You'll find the greatest fulfillment. It's in your purpose that you'll make the greatest impact on this planet. You don't have to fight culture. This will bother some people. You gotta fight family. If you're gonna do what God's called you to do, here's what I know, now hear me. If you have friends and family in your life who love you, you do owe it to them to listen to some of their wisdom. They're further along, they've lived life more than you. You should listen to them. Your friends and family love you, they want the best for you. But hear this, your friends and family are not your creator and it's only your creator that your call comes from. Most parents want you to follow in their footsteps or at least do better than them, which can cause you to miss the reason you're here. I would have loved my son to come to me and say, Dad, I feel called to full-time ministry, but I never put that pressure on him. And to this day, he doesn't feel called. He loves Jesus, but he don't feel called to full-time ministry. The last thing I want him to do is to get on this platform because he ain't called to be on this platform. What I want him to do is not follow me, but follow Jesus and the purpose that God created. It's the same thing that God wants for you. But you gotta be willing to push back against your family. Did you know some of the greatest people in scripture, their parents and their family didn't see the call of God on their life? Joseph in the Old Testament, he, God gave him two dreams that everybody was gonna bow down and, and, and submit to him. His dad said no way, his brother said no way. No one could see the call of God, but it was still there. David, did you know David? When God sent a prophet to the city to anoint the next king, David's own dad didn't even bring him out for a possible interview because he didn't believe his son David would ever amount to anything. All he'll ever be is a shepherd when God called him to be a king. David's dad missed it. Did you know Jesus? The Jesus who is our Messiah, our Savior, and our Lord, even though his mother Mary got a visit from an angel, his dad got a dream from an angel, it was very clear the purpose of Jesus' life that later on his own mother and brother said, you're crazy, come home, you're not the Messiah. His own family couldn't see his purpose. So you better believe your parents can miss yours. Again, I'm not saying don't listen to family and friends. I'm just saying at some point you don't allow them to determine the direction of your life. When I knew I was called to ministry, I went and had a conversation with my parents. And if I listened to them, 
I would not be here. I would have followed the path that they preferred for me. But you have to decide if I'm gonna disappoint somebody, would I rather disappoint my friends and family or disappoint my creator? Well, it's not so much about disappointment, it's about purpose because it's in your purpose that you'll make, bring God the greatest glory. It's in your purpose, you will find the greatest fulfillment and it's in your purpose that you'll make the greatest impact. And the last of all, you gotta fight the enemy. If you're called, you can. Will y'all say that with me? If you're called, you can. Which means if God called you, God anointed you, this is what your purpose is. The enemy's gonna whisper and say, you can't do that. You're not gonna be good at that. That's not gonna mount anything. It's never gonna matter. And the enemy will get in your, because he knows you're gonna be most effective following your creator, doing what he called you to do. He don't care all the other stuff. He wants you to do what he wants you to do. So he'll whisper in your ear and try to talk you out of your call. But when you say, I'm gonna fight against the enemy, I'm gonna fight against my friends and family who might be trying to steer me in a direction that God doesn't want me to go, and I'm gonna fight against culture that has this predetermined path that isn't my path. Then you come to the conclusion and you can answer the question, what is the meaning of my life? And so, as we walk out of this room today, I'm praying that that will be a splinter in your soul. It's gonna keep you up at night. You're gonna wake up, alarm's gonna go off. <gasps> What's my purpose? <gasps> Why am I here? You're gonna have lunch with somebody tomorrow and be like, you know, our pastor talked about the meaning of life. In fact, he talked about what is the meaning of my life. I hope it just resonates with you. Hope it bothers you till you get sick and tired of living the life that someone else handed you. And you figure out, this is why I'm here. I'll say it one more time. It's in your purpose that you bring God the greatest glory. It's in your purpose that you will find the greatest fulfillment. And it's in your purpose that you will make the greatest impact. How many people in this room or in our campuses would say, I'm, I'm curious what my purpose is. I just would like to know. Father, for every hand raised, God, there's a heart behind it that's curious. And so Father, we ask you, Lord, I pray for every single person hearing this message at all of our campuses right here in this room. Lord, will you show us? God, we know you created us. Father, we know we have a purpose. God, it's clear in scripture. But Lord, we wanna know what it is for us. God, I pray for every person that God, you will allow this question to be a weight on their heart. That God, you'll help them to answer. That you'll help them to discover. And that God, they will begin to walk in. Father, we want to make a difference in the world we live and we can only do it best by fulfilling the purpose on our life. So God, help us to navigate it and to fulfill it for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for the word.